Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with David Galusha, the owner of Professional Gown Preservation. And today's episode is sort of the second part to the series that I started last week with Camille Myers-Breeze when we talked about how to preserve your wedding gown. So today, David is on the show to talk to us more about how to clean your wedding gown and what are the best methods, how to know if you've found a reputable dry cleaner, everything that you're going to want to know when you are looking to clean your wedding gown before you preserve it. So welcome, David. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate you having me on today. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. You came highly recommended by Camille, and I'm so excited to have you share all of your tips with my listeners. First of all, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into the business? Kind of one of those one door closes, one door opens up. My parents had a specialty cleaning business for a number of years here in Atlanta. And uh, in my late teens, both of them suddenly passed away. And so I was uh, taking over the business while I was in college, decided I was going to pass on. I'd had enough and was going to go into another line of work. At that time, I was approached by one of the clients with the Department of Natural Resources wanting me to take care of some military uniforms, specifically Civil War, because they didn't have the funds to send it to Smithsonian. Well, the light bulb went off in my head. I love working with my hands. I love working with textiles. I didn't really want to be an accountant. I don't know why I thought I wanted to do that. And so I started my journey back into working with textiles again, and I've been very fortunate to get some great training at uh, Smithsonian Conservation Analytical Lab, Campbell Center, interning out in Los Angeles with a conservator for a number of years, and just had a great opportunity all these years to work with wonderful conservators such as Camille Breeze. And 35 years later, here I am doing what I love to do every day. Wow, that's great. So now what kinds of services does your company offer? Primarily, Carrie, we offer the restoration and preservation of family textiles, wedding gowns, christening gowns, needlepoint samplers, military uniforms, someone they have from a, a previous family member, uh, linens, quilts, items like that, things that you normally would not take to a regular dry cleaner. I'm kind of the bridge between what people think of in the dry cleaning business and the conservation business. So it kind of blends everything together in a nice little niche. That's great. If someone who doesn't live in the Atlanta area was interested in having you help them clean and preserve their gown, is that something you could offer? I work with brides all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe. So that's not a problem at all. Oh, that's great. Now, Camille mentioned that cleaning is the single most important thing a bride can do to preserve her gown. Can you tell me a little bit about the professional gown cleaning process? Absolutely. I, I try to look at it as a couple of steps more 
than just the cleaning because you can do the best job in cleaning a textile, preparing it for long-term storage, but if you don't have the proper storage environment, you're only going to introduce it to contaminants that will negate what a wonderful job may have been done in the cleaning process. So in preparing a textile long-term storage, specifically a wedding gown, you do want to clean it. And one of the big differences I do with my business is because wedding gowns are not all the same. You have wedding gowns that are very simple, A-line gowns, no accruements, maybe they're made of a synthetic material, no embellishments, just normal what we call wedding gown stains, little hemline stains, body oils, little makeup, little spills. And then we have gowns that have 16-foot trains. They're covered in Cervoski crystals. They weigh 49 to 50 pounds. And there's three bottles of red wine and six inches of mud. <gasps> so you can't treat wedding gown A like you do wedding gown B. And all of our work is by hand based upon what each gown needs working on and how each gown is constructed. That's interesting. So in general, I know Camille was mentioning there's like wet cleaning, there's dry cleaning. Usually it takes a combination of the two. So there's no way to say exactly what a dress is going to need because everything's a different case. Every gown is made differently. Every gown has gone through a different set of circumstances between the wedding and the reception. And then let's throw one more caveat in there. Maybe the gown was worn a number of years ago, so now the stains have been sitting in for a long period of time. So, yeah, I wish there was a, uh, you know easy one, two, three process to do that, but it has been my experience over 35 years that we have to address each gown individually. Interesting. So what are some of the methods you used for the different types of gowns, maybe based on the fabric or the stains? There'll be different methods we use, but in general, each gown is going to be addressed for the stains that a dry cleaning solvent, oil-based stains, can be removed. And then the gown will be addressed as far as the water-soluble stains using deionized water, not tap water. So if you don't address both stains then you're going to leave one of the residuals in the fabric and that's going to show up later. It's never what you see that's the big problem in a wedding gown long term. It's what you don't see that's going to show up later on. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Let's go to uh, on the dry cleaning side, body oils. You don't really see body oils. You certainly can't see alkalinity and you certainly can't see a lot of sugar-based things. Let's think of what happens during the reception. The bride is around a lot of dance, a lot of activity, a lot of things going on. Not many brides can tell you exactly what they did during those few hours of the reception because it's a big blur. So you never know when beer, champagne, white wine, ginger ale are in close enough proximity to the gown whether the bride had anything to drink or not the gown's going to drag on the floor, something's going to spill, and you can't see those stains. Well, those sugar stains will sit in the fabric if not properly removed. They will start turning brown. There'll be brown spots. People will say, I took out grandmother's wedding gown, and it has age spots in it. Now, you come look at me. I'll show you my forehead. Those are age spots. <laughs> but what's in a wedding gown is just sugar stains that were never removed. Just like an apple turns brown, when you take a bite out of it, that's the sugar caramelizing. Interesting. Okay. So then are there any steps a bride can take to mitigate stains that might occur on the wedding day? My gosh, a bride is supposed to have nothing but fun on her <laughs> wedding day. Let someone else worry about the gown. But there are certainly a few things prior to the wedding day and during the reception. Number one, when a bride is going for her fitting, one of the very important things she needs to realize during her fittings, she's standing on a platform wearing her shoes and perfectly still, and that is an imaginary world. 
it's never going to happen again. She's going to be bending and dancing and, and, and swaying. If she takes her shoes off, now the gown is dragging the floor. If it's a strapless gown, now it, you know, drop a little bit because it stretches during the night. So now the length is different from the way she had it fitted during her bustle fitting. Well, you have to address that. That's one great thing a bride can do ahead of time. On the back end, during the reception, about the only thing we recommend for a bride to do if she spills, for example, a red wine that accidentally drops on her gown, take a white wine, preferably from the same vineyard, and touch the white wine to the red wine. One's a positive, one's a negative. It'll, it'll negate out, but the alcohol and sugar are still there. Anything else, don't really worry about it. Interesting. Okay. Then how much can a bride expect to pay for professional cleaning? Maybe a range, since obviously it depends on the gown. The range a bride can expect to pay for a professional hand cleaning, not preservation, but just hand cleaning on a gown, is around the upper 300 mark. Certainly some gowns will be a very simple gown with not a lot of embellishments, and they can be less. And some gowns will be more ornate, very large, and heavily stained, or stained for a long period of time. Those will cost a little bit more. When it comes to preservation, on average, you're looking, uh, if a bride decides she wants to have her gown hand cleaned and properly preserved at the same time, she's going to be looking at about $100 in addition to the charge for the hand cleaning. And all the products that I use are similar products that I use in my conservation work, just as Camille Breeze was discussing in the last podcast. It's all museum-grade packaging, not, not a cardboard box with a window on it. Interesting. Okay. Now, we've all heard horror stories about gowns coming back yellow or stains being allowed to set. What should brides look for when they're selecting a professional to clean and or preserve their gowns? Brides should always do the same sort of homework they did in researching the other professionals they used on the front end of their wedding, their photographers, their caterers, their venue. Don't just call someone up and say how much of your five by sevens and that's who you go with for the photographer. You're going to do your homework and figure out who does the best job for your needs. So a bride should educate herself and spend a, a little bit of time talking to whoever's going to be doing it. Find out what their background is. Find out what sort of treatment they're going to use. Is the gown going to be wet cleaned? Is it going to be dry cleaned? Are they going to be addressing both stains? What sort of packaging? Is this going to be archival packaging? Or is it going to be packaging that has a cardboard box with a pretty window on it? You don't want to have packaging that will cause degradation accelerating with the gown generations from now. Right. Yeah, I remember Camille was talking about using polypropylene boxes rather than cardboard window boxes. Absolutely. Cardboard is highly acidic, just like old newspapers and books. So you end up with a microenvironment that's not breathing, and that acidity starts to break down, and that will contribute to the most common cause of gowns that turn yellow over a period of time. And not only is it turning yellow, but it's accelerating the degradation of the gown, which means the gown is rotting faster and faster, exponentially faster. Wow. Now, one thing I see a lot is brides who haven't had the time or the money to clean their gowns, and they are kind of feeling stressed out or guilty about it and say, well, I haven't done anything so far. It's been five months. Should I even bother? Is it ever too late to try to clean or preserve your gown? No. I have restored wedding gowns from the mid-1800s through every wonderful generation we've had. And uh, certainly it's going to cost more because there's more effort in reversing some of the damage. And unfortunately, sometimes the structural damage 
that's been done to a gown because of improper storage or improper care cannot be reversed. So it's always best to address your investment that you made for this special day and this special gown. Try to budget it ahead of time. Try to think about that as another expense as you're preparing for your wedding costs. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. So where can my listeners go to learn more about professional gown preservation? I have a website, www.professionalcleaners.com, or brides can call me direct at 404-255-2146. Great. Well, this is really great information, David. I really appreciate your taking the time to share these tips and tricks with my listeners, and I thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for what you do and what you offer your brides and uh, giving them information going forward so they can make the right decisions. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.